You're listening to the Scotiabank Market Points Podcast. I'm your host, Greg White. Market Points is part of the Knowledge Capital series, a collection of audio, video, and written commentary from Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets leaders designed to provide you with timely insights and analysis. The investment community has embraced ESG with more and more institutional investors formalizing ESG analysis into their investment theses. Breaking down the ESG components, environmental factors have certainly captured most of the headlines for some time, as nations and corporations have recognized the climate crisis and have been taking steps to address and reverse negative environmental impacts before it's too late. Governance factors have even deeper roots. Institutional investors have been evaluating and calling for stronger board stewardship for decades now. But aspects of the S, the social factors, have been comparatively ignored. As the veil of unconscious bias lifts, institutional investors have realized that diversity and inclusion in an organization is actually a predictor of superior performance. On this episode of Market Points, we present key highlights from a recent webcast titled The S of the ESG Triangle, where Scotiabank ESG and sustainable finance experts put social factors under the spotlight. Patrick Bryden, head of ESG research at Scotiabank, Global Banking and Markets, spoke about some compelling research that crystallized the performance power of diversity and inclusion. This is a study from McKinsey where basically they went in and um, through a lady named Vivian Hunt uh, and her teammates led a really great effort to try to connect um, whether diversity mattered to corporate performance or not. And um, the the results of the study were so persuasive that they actually stopped them early and published their results um, in an in initial p- publication to share with everyone. And so there's been three series of this um, publication um, effort from McKinsey over, over the past few years. And this one is, is one that shows you in 2014 from the initial study, uh, Why Diversity Matters, that they had very clear signals across all geographies all industries, all languages, so basically all different components of the capital market, that if you had top quartile gender or ethnic cultural diversity versus bottom quartile gender or ethnic cultural diversity, your probability of outperforming if you're in that top quartile was really high, like it was, you know, 18 to mid-30s percent um, in terms of your ability to outperform an average industry margin. So I love this study. Like it, it was very, it really struck me when I first heard it, and um, it was very powerful to me. And and the reason I loved it was it's just it's so intuitive. Like I think it's what we would all believe that if you have more points of view around the table, you're going to get to sharper decisions. And and so you know, as a research nerd, my admiration for this was just very high because they actually connected it. Um, and and this study has just resulted in a, a, an update of this this past year, which is uh, diversity wins. And it's showing the same thing, if not widening um, differences in terms of uh, this effort. So, um, you know, what, what, I, what I think is very helpful now is we can try to look for this in our work and, and look for the performance argument or the outperformance alpha argument that we would try to seek when we um, evaluate securities. Understanding the data leads to action. Fanny Doucette, Director, Debt Capital Markets and Sustainable Finance at Scotiabank GBM, 
discuss the social steps taken by investors and issuers. We had a group, for example, in, in Canada of, of the key institutional investors that formed the Responsible Investment Association. They signed a new Canadian investor statement on diversity and inclusion um, earlier this fall. And as part of the statement, they, they committed to incorporating diversity and inclusion performance into their investment thesis or investment processes. That's a pretty strong commitment uh, to be able to, to do that and, and pretty vocal. Um, and I think companies heard this, this loud and clear. We also saw a very quick reaction um, on the issuer side as well. Over the last couple of years, there's been overall a big trend of, of issuers aligning their funding programs with their sustainability programs or sustainability initiatives. It's a way for them to highlight um, what they're doing from the, the ESG side or the sustainability side. Um, and as we talked about, social factors have been becoming more, more prominent and, and same with diversity and inclusion. So after the, the George Floyd incident and the Black Lives Matter movement, we saw actually a few issuers come to the bond market and, and finance initiatives that, that support BIPOC communities. So we had one large major U.S. bank do an equality progress bond um, that directly supported Black and Hispanic communities and Black and Hispanic-owned businesses. So again, raising awareness that they're that they're supporting these these communities. Um, we also had Google or or Alphabet. They did um, the largest sustainability bond that was ever issued. They did. They issued almost six billion of sustainability bonds and. One of their use of proceeds was was to help fund their support for Black business owners and, and Black uh, communities. So again, they're directly taking a stance and, and calling out how they're, they're providing support um, through the financial instruments that, that they're issuing. And I do think we're going to see more and more of, of these types of transactions. It's been a trend with, with very, you know, larger entities. And I say entities because it's companies, it's, it's governments, um, it's SSAs that on the sustainable finance side, instead of doing very general funding, they're actually looking at doing specific funding, as I mentioned before, to call out specific issues that matter to them as, as a company. Um, as well. So it's, it, it was very interesting to see the reaction from, from the capital markets and, and the innovation in terms, of, in terms of the products offered. Companies can no longer afford to stay silent and inert on social factors. Here's Patrick Bryden. The corporations have um, a real obligation to basically listen. And when we say listen, um, it's not just sort of listen and go away to some room and, and come up with some report. It's, it's really deeply engage with um, everybody in the organization and to not really sit there and say, okay, <clears throat> I hear your problem. I think it's more that the problem isn't even theirs. This, this exists. And so, uh, you know, I think corporations have an obligation to, to listen so as to figure out how to help and think through um, how to support everyone in addressing, uh, in addressing racial inequality. So the, the next thing then is um, dialogue. And again, this has to be genuine in a search for understanding. And there are clearly risks in making missteps. Uh, and so, you know, it's, you can see there's trepidation for companies to venture out on to this, um, 
playing field, but basically being silent is a much greater risk in my view. And so ultimately, companies, I think, need to be really clear about what they stand for and what they, I think, more importantly, stand against. Um, and then not only do that, but just take specific action so that it actually results in, in some outcomes. Um, this process, in our point of view, starts at the top, um, and it's a fundamental culture issue. But it's also got to be, at the same time, authentic and from the grassroots perspective. So, you know, it's one thing to say it, but I think it's an entirely different step to actually root out these issues. Um, and so it's, it's a process, and it involves everyone in the organization from top to bottom. And I think companies and, you know, frankly, employees, executive boards, they have to live it um, and to be conscious to stamp it out everywhere. So that's inside the business. It's outside with customers, supply chains. It's everywhere. And our view is that the corporate duties necessitate this active engagement on these issues. I, I would argue in the past, this was always somewhere on the priority list, but it was not up in the top five or three things. Now I would argue that it's probably at the top. Um, and so, you know, investors similarly have to be in step because ultimately companies and investors exist for basically us, everybody on this call, our friends, our family, as um, money is managed and stewarded forward for um, individuals. And so it's the individuals, I think, that ultimately hold capital markets to account. And the prominence of the issue is um, forcing that uh, awareness, recognition, and then ultimately action. As understanding and action on the social front grows, market expectations evolve. Fanny Doucette provided this forecast. Yeah, and I think thinking about the very near future and taking a cue, and again, from a sustainable finance um, lens, taking a cue from what we saw on the environmental side or the green side, I think what's going to change in the very near, near term is the focus on, on gathering data and seeing data. Um, I think investors are going to demand diversity and inclusion data from um, the companies that they invest in. Um, companies are going to have to start gathering that. They're going to have to start reporting on that. Once they see that, it might be eye-opening for them once they actually do, do the calculation. But once they do, I think there's going to be greater focus on diversity and inclusion initiatives and I think how successful those initiatives are as well. I think another trend uh, I do expect the, the focus on diversity and inclusion from a financing perspective to continue. Um, it continues to be very topical in, in a lot of client conversations that I have. I think we're going to see more companies put out public diversity and inclusion targets and, and perhaps some financing around that, either financing to, to support and fund the measures that they're taking or financing that is linked to diversity and inclusion targets, which is something that we, we've been seeing over the last few months. And once you have financing and funding that is linked to these factors like diversity and inclusion, I think it keeps, it keeps companies honest um, and it really forces them to, to try to achieve those goals and, and hopefully pushes this further. You've been listening to key highlights from Scotiabank's webcast, The S of the ESG Triangle. Brought to you by the Scotiabank Women Initiative for Global Banking and Markets. More information on the initiative and upcoming webcasts can be found on our website, gbm.scotiabank.com. You can now find Scotiabank's Market Points on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And we want to hear from you. 
please rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us improve the content we create for you. You'll find more thought-leading content on our website, gbm.scotiabank.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at ScotiabankGBM, as well as our LinkedIn showcase page under Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets. Please refer to our legal disclosures on our website. I'm Greg White. Thanks for listening.